We're back! It's time for the 2024 Urban Nerd Con. Join us in Atlanta, Georgia, April 26-28 at the Cortland Grand Hotel. Special guests include the Sci-Fi Sisters, Underworld creator Kevin Grievous, from Nickelodeon, Giovanni Samuels, the Science Machine Michael Green, from Spaceballs and Star Trek Voyager Tim Russ, and from the Fairly Odd Parents, Gary L. Gray. What up, y'all? It's Gary Gray. Check it out. I need you to do something for me. Join me April 26th through the 28th at the Cortland Grand Hotel in Atlanta, Georgia for Urban Nerd Con. It's going to be lit. Okay. Our heroes, our villains, everyone's con. See y'all there. Visit theurbannerdcon.net to get your buy one, get one free badges before the price increases. Remember, our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. Welcome to another live edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford and AD Drew here live on a Sunday night. Um, Drew, how you doing, my man? What's good with you this evening? How was your week? See, you're already off to a bad start. Mute, you're on mute. You're already off to a bad start. You're off to a glowing start on mute. That's all right. I know you'll figure it out here. That's because that's because you got jokes, and I didn't want people to hear the cussing that was going on in my mind when you asked me that question, my brother. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. How <laughs> was my week? <laughs> that shows how much you pay attention when we had conversations before the show. <laughs> no, no. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm giving you the open door to let the people know how hard or good your week was. That's all. Just uh, okay. you know, I'm going. Filling time at the beginning of the show. Filling time at the beginning of the show. 
for those who those who work in athletic communications, this week or sometime this week is one of two periods of what we like to call hell. And that is what's officially known as crossover season in our genre. That is when you have sports that are current that have currently been playing. In this case, that would be basketball, men and women. Uh, some people have uh, indoor track. You may have bowling. Uh, only one team has swimming. That's Howard. Uh, but but you get what I get. You've got all your winter sports that have currently been playing. And you have new sports coming online, softball, baseball, tennis, golf, uh, outdoor track, uh, you know, stuff like that. Am I missing another spring sport, Brian? Men's volleyball in the SIAC. Right. Okay. Yeah. So when, when those cross over, you know, the workload goes from easy and manageable to chaotic for about a four to six week period. And that's all depending on how well your current team, your winter sports do in their various conference tournaments, playoffs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's tiring. And the most frustrating, I won't say frustrating, the challenge that I had this weekend was all of my teams were at home. Yeah, I can imagine. So yeah. in baseball, softball, and volleyball, excuse me, baseball, softball, and basketball, I had double headers. So right. I had to manage six games in one day. And let, let, let me give you the timeline. Basketball women's tipped off at tipped off at twelve. Softball first pitch at one. Baseball first pitch at one. Men's basketball tipped off at two. Game two was a softball doubleheader. First pitch was at three. Men's basketball finished about quarter to four. Baseball game two started at four. Softball finished about 5.15, 5.30. And baseball finally finished about seven o'clock. So starting every sport and ending every sport all. And you notice there was like, less than an hour gap between all of those activities and all the, all those activities require different different duties and responsibilities for people who are in my position but you know i will say this thank god for my work study students thank god for interns and thank god for contract labor <laughs> and, and and brian knows what i'm talking about because we've done work independent contracts for various events and for various schools so people like that who go out and pick up games over the weekends you know thank god people were available 
uh, this weekend. And that included having two people call out sick on me this weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Due to the flu that's going around. Um, AD, already sufficient to handle that type of day or do you bring in help? <laughs> in a Edwin, in a normal situation where I just have one event going on, yes, I'm usually uh, staffed sometimes on certain days. People are begging, you know, begging me to let them work. And sometimes you split it to try to split the money up. On days like that, it seems like you don't, you never have enough people. And the thing is, Edwin, you don't want warm bodies doing this stuff because when you go to look at your, you know, your side on or your your athletic site, you want to have confidence that the information that is presented is correct. Be that from the stats that are accumulated for your favorite team, or the article that is being written, or you know, and things like that. So you want to make sure that all of that stuff is is correct and. Uh, if your institution is streaming, like most of us should be doing for our home games, like where I work at, we do for all of our home games. That's a whole other layer of people and responsibilities that you have to make sure. Is, is the stream going out? Uh, is the link broken? Uh, computers, cameras, camera operators, producers. Uh, do you have a play-by-play person? Uh, you know, there's a whole other level of is your school charging? Is your, do, you, do you guys People, charge pay per view? No, no, it's it, it's it's free. What's the debate? Has there been a debate about streaming pay per view versus uh, not doing pay per view? I think the only time they actually did it was during the pandemic, uh, where I work at. Obviously, I started after the pandemic. They did it during the pandemic because everybody was trying to do whatever they could to generate. You know, a dollar or two, uh, but you but you got to think about it. Baseballs, baseball and softball are not real sports in most places. So you, most people don't charge admission for baseball and softball. So if you're not charging a gated admission, how you gonna charge for a pay per view? Okay, good point. I mean, is there? I, I'm just curious because <laughs> I, I, uh, I I'm I'm kind well, skip it. Well, before you answer your point, I just thought about that. Does Rattler Plus charge for baseball and softball? Or will they be charging for baseball and softball? And anybody else? I know Southern, uh, I know, uh, most of the black schools are charging. First question. Will they? Will well, they, like they, they? That's right. the question. We don't even know Ooh, that they Did you go there? I'm going there. I'm, I'm, go there. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got things to say. I don't know if I got time to say them, but I got things yeah. to say. Hey, we 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 did open form up, but if, if if a small NAIA school like the one I work at can can figure this out, I'm pretty sure FAMU with a hell of a lot more resources and university should be able to. And despite despite what you say about that, they have at least four times the budget that we have, despite them being uh, in a yeah, deficit. I'd say yeah. at least. <laughs> yeah. Except, yeah, 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 yeah. But if we can do it, damn it, y'all can do it. And, and also for the uh, our other people out there, does your institution charge 
a pay-per-view for those who are doing pay-per-view for non-revenue sports, baseball, softball in particular. I know those are the two big ones that uh, people, I'm just curious, but get back to your point, Brian. You were about to go on a tangent before I cut you off. No, no, no. Look, I, 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 I was just curious, you know, because I think that is a hot topic, a button regarding generating revenue. Uh, and the and the importance of uh, whether you do charge, and and here's the thing: I I don't even I'm less concerned about you charging versus schools not capitalizing on the medium of communications. There is communication. There, there are multiple mediums that can be used and utilized. I mean, before there was streaming. I mean, gee, Drew, how did you keep up with? Anything that was happening at your university, you probably had a radio. Newspaper radio. Newspaper radio. Newspaper radio. Okay. Just because now you have the internet and just because you have streaming doesn't mean those other methods have to entirely go away. Um, Here's the frustrating part for me, right? As I worked an event on Saturday, right, an hour away from my home. And I wanted to listen to, notice I said listen to, stay informed with what was going on with FAMU women's game against Alabama A&M. Now, given the way that game turned out, it's probably good that I didn't hear it because I might have ran off the road being frustrated at the way that game ended, which we'll talk about later. But I'm stuck with having to do live stats, right? Or I could choose to pay you know, the Alabama A&M pay-per-view fee to watch the game. Now, you know, if I pay pay-per-view to watch an Alabama A&M broadcast, I'm, I'm giving the money to Alabama A&M, right? So, but I'm just thinking to myself, why isn't there an audio broadcast of the game from the Florida A&M perspective? You know, now, God bless Charles Edmond, one of the few within the SWAC, who goes? Oh yeah, I'm 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 gonna be grumpy old man today, the boys. I'm I'm definitely gonna be that guy. So you know, it's just gonna be that day today. He's one of the few who travels to probably over ninety percent of Alcorn State sports games, regardless of the sport. He is there. I mean, Alcorn, Alcorn, Al- Al- how they call them, Alcornites, Alcornites, whatever, Alcornites, Brave Nation. They don't have to go without knowing what's going on with their teams. Why? Because Charles and that Alcorn State Sports Network has various means, whether it be through radio, online streaming, or, yeah, they as they do the other day, they sync it up with their, uh, their, their internet uh, YouTube feed. And all I'm just saying is, in this day and age where people still drive, the radio medium is not dead. Contrary to many people's thoughts and opinions, it didn't die when satellite radio came. It didn't die when internet streaming came. Guess what? Radio is still alive. The radio broadcast signal is still alive. And so sending somebody out to the game, or or God forbid, you know, renting, I I don't know if the right word is renting or um, uh, contracting it to be broadcast on location by another entity or source. 
could be done at a reasonably affordable price, in my opinion, in order to be able to give the fan base an opportunity to listen to the game, which is what I would have died to do on my hour drive from Melbourne back home. Instead, I'm on the road. I I hate to say this. I'm confessing. Lord, Father, forgive me. While I'm looking at YouTube, while I'm on my phone playing with the, the, the doggone app. I mean, thank God there's no major traffic on the road. I know very, I'm living dangerous. I know. And I don't recommend you guys do this at home or when you're driving. Drive safe. Two hands on the wheel. Don't be distracted. Put it down. Lose it or use lose it or get a ticket. Whatever. All those things apply when I could have been listening to the game. Instead, I'm fumbling around trying to find and get updates on the game. So I wanted to hear the meltdown, Drew. I wanted to hear how FAMU's women melted down in the fourth quarter. I wanted to hear how Alabama A&M rallied from a 17-point deficit. I wanted to hear it. I couldn't hear it. That pissed me off. And so among all the other things that we don't do at Florida A&M, and I'm not the only school. I don't belong to a part of the only school. I'm sure there's other schools. And you guys are out there, and I'm sure maybe sometime you'd like to be able to listen to your game, maybe while you're doing some cleaning at the house, maybe while you're doing something. You could be watching another TV show. But wouldn't you like to be able to listen to your game from your school? We've got to get there. Athletic directors, SIDs, we got to get back to connecting with your audience. You can't ask me to be excited about my team when I can't listen to the team, when I can't follow the team, when I can't hear the team. So I applaud you, Drew, being at a school that's serving the community and giving the community at your school an opportunity to listen and watch and follow the team. And when the team has success, you feel you want to give. Hell, you could run infomercials during the game. You know, I'm sure if you wanted to find a way to let one broadcaster travel with it, if you can put an athletic administrator on a team bus and a plane or whatever with the team, I'm sure you could put one play by play guy and his audio equipment on the bus as well. Make him, I don't know, maybe he buys his own hotel airfare and uh, or not his hotel, his whole his own hotel room. And then maybe you can find a way to get it reimbursed. Maybe you can find here's Here's an idea, Drew. Maybe you can find sponsor. Oh, holy cow. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me. There's an idea. Find a sponsor to do what, Drew? Hey, this radio broadcast is sponsored by Piggly Wiggly, who made sure that you can hear Rattler Athletics all, man, or I don't mean to use Rattler Athletics, any school, any program. Insert your school here. Search your school here. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm using <laughs> I'm using my school because we don't do that. Right. Well, right. uh and 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 since we done went down this rabbit hole, Brian, let's go ahead and continue down this rabbit hole until we go to the first break. Because the whole first segment is gone right now. Is so, it uh, look at the time? Look at the time. How <laughs> exactly exactly. So we might as well carry this out for the rest of the first uh rest of the first segment. All right, let's, let's get to some of the questions people have asked. Yeah, and sure. Let's see what's up. 
I want to shout out Alcorn State. Uh, they Charles is there religiously uh, with those teams. Now, during this time of the year, baseball, softball time, he has to split. He goes, but 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 the thing is, he alternates. He goes he baseball one weekend. He goes softball the other weekend. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know, so I think I think that is prank. Now, the only thing that if they could improve on it, where if baseball is at home and softball is on the road, if they could have a second person to fill in, they go opposite Charles. Oh, they would be they would be in heaven over there at Alcorn. But other than that, I mean, how much does it really cost? Like you said, a hotel room, a laptop. Headphones and maybe some type of inter- internet device in case you're not able to get on the. You don't want to do Wi-Fi at a, at a school because it usually gets too busy. But if you're not able to get on Ethernet, something where you can have a dedicated uh, hotspot or Wi-Fi uh, to stream it out. And what a meal per diem? We're talking. What maybe maybe two hundred dollars a broadcast, two hundred fifty dollars a broadcast, maybe Brian? Give it those, yeah. give it those bare minimal dynamics that I just talked about. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not hard. It is not hard. I, I would send even a broadcast student. You know what? Send a, send a send a student, send a broadcast student or a broadcast intern on the road I, again. Utilize what's there. You already got a team bus. Put them on the bus. I know there's a, there's probably this seat. That you can stick him in or her and send them to the game. Send them to the game. You know, I mean is, is that what we call real world experience, Ryan? That that's valuable real world experience, man. I mean, okay. um, so, there are schools who utilize student athletes. I know Alabama AM has used student at students, Mississippi Valley State has utilized students, and they do a great job because they're trained how to broadcast a game, they're taught. I mean, and that what that what we, that's what we have our educational institutions, regardless of the the job. Um, yeah. What is what is right. those so this? Let's get let's get to some of the stuff that people were chatting about. Why not media groups be charged for games and buy a a buy a ticket? Um, and I think I know where you where you're going with this, uh, Russell. You know. My thing is, if it's two things, either A, you need to build your fan base and your streaming base, be it audio or video, enough where you can go out and get advertisers and enough sponsorship where you can keep it free for the masses. The only way, and this is where y'all come in, the only way you keep this free is you got to actually log on and either listen or watch, even if you're not watching. Right. Let the algorithms, let the data collect. You know, I'm not saying how to cheat the system, but, you know, there's nothing nothing wrong with logging on on two or three different devices. Hey, download the podcast. I don't care if you listen. It'd be great if you did, but go download. Why? Because downloads matter in the world of podcasts. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. Watch it on two, three, de- watch on two, three devices, so that those numbers click up. Hey, we had this many people, and they watched us for an average of this many minutes. 
Now we could go back and say, this is what we're asking for as far as for you to run a 30 second spot during a media timeout. And you, 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 that's where the business comes in. That's just the art of doing business right there. It's, it's not hard. Or B, you charge, a, you charge a fee. Now, the one thing I don't like about the SWAC is everybody's fees are all over the board. Oh, yes. There is like, there is like no standard. If everybody was $9.99, you know, you could kind of figure it out. But and, and let's be real, Brian. When did you find out how much Alabama AM's fee was? Probably about an hour before the game, when, when you was making a decision on whether you wanted to purchase the Alabama Florida AM game or not, correct? Well, you there's know, no, there's, there's, go ahead. No, I was going to say, well, honestly, a little bit before that, because you know why? Because uh, Liv, she posted it when she does her Twitter pregame. She she lets you know what's so on Friday night. Friday night, right. So Friday night, I kind of knew what the pricing was. And I, and I think next week, what we're going to do, Drew, is I'm going to put up a chart that shows what everybody's costs are and what everybody charges. I think it'll be fascinating to kind of see the differences that every school charges for their services. Right. So, you know, and figure it out. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, Brian. Me? I'm not paying whatever it is, the nine ninety nine. If I've got to watch this game. No, no, no. But listen to me. This thing, I'm taking a different thing. I'm, it's a totally different thing. If I got to sit here and watch my watch this game on my phone, I might pay it if I'm watch if I have luxury sitting at home watching it on my TV. But as you know, Saturdays, we tend to be on the go because you know, if you work a nine to five Monday through Friday, the only time you can get work done or uh, personal stuff done is on the Saturday. So I'm not paying to, just me. I'm not paying nine ninety nine to watch something on, on my on my iPhone. If but I'm gonna a, pay that, pay you get a month, you get a month for nine ninety nine. You get a month. Well, if I get a month, but if I'm talking about a one game fee, Man, and with some schools do, with yeah. some schools do a one a one time game fee, I'm not doing it on my phone. I'll do it. I, I might do it at the house, but I'm not gonna do it on the phone. That's just a me. That's a me thing. All right, let's see. Let's keep going down the line quickly. I don't think uh, our schools, our SWAC schools stream baseball and do a softball at home. And I'll give you the answer to one of those reasons, Edwin. Most of our schools don't have the infrastructure. Alabama at, at State. They play baseball. Alabama State at, does stream both. I, I know that for a fact. I, I, said, I said, I didn't say all, but I said a lot of them. Like, and we'll take our institution. We know Florida A&M doesn't have no, the infrastructure. They don't. They don't. They don't. Bethune Cookman yeah. does stream baseball. I'm not sure about softball. Um, Texas Southern. I've seen a baseball game streamed at Texas Southern. I don't know about softball though. Um, Oops, yeah, I didn't mean to bring that one up. That's I'll come back to that with Doctor Cavill. Uh, next one is Doctor Cavill. I love the idea. Question is, where do the funds come from to support this venture? And we already kind of talked about it. Uh, and Dr. Kabir, you know, you you've got to be able to market. You got to be able to fan the the basis so that you can go out and command the money. Now, in the meantime, in order to build that market, it takes money to make money. Somebody has to be smart enough to invest to understand that athletics are the front porch of most of our institutions. And if we want to get out, especially 
if you've got a hot player, if you if you got a hot player, and and Brian, case study. Think back three years ago. Everybody and their mama was streaming something, Jackson State. Yeah, we had we had the pregame show right here on on the Black College Sports Network. You had the fourteen hundred club. Uh, you know, you had you had about five Jackson State uh, based podcasts, mm-hmm. streaming platforms, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Somebody at Jackson State was smart enough to realize now maybe it took Brian bringing his team in to show them the numbers, how smart they were, or maybe they already knew and just needed something to kick them in the butt to do it. But they took advantage of that situation. And, you know, fam, you being creative, coming up with this Rattlers Plus with, with their app, very innovative. Sometimes you got to take a leap out there on faith. They didn't know if anybody was going to download this app and buy this doggone app when Josh put this app out uh, right. this year. It did. But he he was able to take that leap on faith, get the investment that he did to do this. And there, there's, other, there's other schools who are doing stuff. And I, I'm just using those as uh, two, good, two quick examples. Some schools do have radio. Uh, WJSU carries uh, the basketball games. You know, I don't know why we got away from radio, Brian. I really don't know why we got away from radio. And for me, on a day like yesterday, when I was moving around working, I had no time to watch video. Right. But I could have put my AirPods in, and I could have had the game on my phone on the on the audio broadcast. Correct of the game and been able to possibly keep it on. And there's been many days that I've been like that where I could have just listened to the audio. And let's be real. The audio broadcast is really not for the 40 and under crowd, I don't think, Brian. That boy video. But guess what all the disposable income is at? The The plus 40 crowd. Yes, indeed. So maybe... Maybe somebody should get smart enough and cater to the people who have that disposable income. And if you cater to those, probably. And if you think about the people who have the most disposable income, probably 55 and over. Oh, yeah. All their kids grown. Their kids grown out the house. Most most of their kids are out of college by the the time they get to that age. And they've they've got money. What do they do? They'll do that, but go around, travel, them, them and their significant other, go around, travel, spend money on dumb stuff, buy, buy, buy that sports car they always wanted. They have the money to do that kind of stuff. But let's, although the young media is going, let's think about where the money is actually made at. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about that WJSU. Is WJSU the on campus radio station? And, and if so. And, 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 that's a Most synergy. Schools need to take advantage of their campus radio stations. That's a synergy that should have. Look, I know you want to partner with a radio station, and look, and FAMU used to have one of the largest uh, radio stations yeah. that were part. WAMF. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I'm saying they used to have a relationship with um, what is it? HBX uh, 96.1. Yeah, WHBX 96.1. Cumulus station. Blowtorch. You know, as a blowtorch, that you can get that channel all over. 
uh, a large a large area of the panhandle, right? That they that their reach was, yeah. but even right. just within the the market of the community in Tallahassee. And hey, guess what? A lot of radio stations are streaming their network on the what? Internet. The same internet that we're on. Hello. So look, hey, there's an advantage to an internship opportunity or not even just an internship opportunity. How about an opportunity for broadcast students who have an interest in sports to utilize the campus radio station to go what? Broadcast the game. Again, I'm going to say my two, I'm going to hold my two cents on that. Dr. Cavill. What was that previous They're question? independent at base. This, this is the one. Oh, yeah. Are you talking about all the sports that schools participate in as far as streaming? Yeah. I, I really think if this will, if that's what your question was asking the boys, if your school, if your school participates in that sport, you should find some way to have some type of video coverage or at least audio coverage of it. And I don't mean turn on the huddle cam and let people guess what the hell is going on. Those devils <laughs> who know, know what I'm talking about. Next one, Dr. Cavill. Uh, they are independent and based on the cost of that institution to provide the service. Oh, that that's, that's fine, Dr. Cavill. I guess what I'm saying is it's like, no centralized place to go and find out information about the various packages without actually digging into each school's athletic website to find out the information. I think that is my frustration, uh, Dr. Gaville. And then when you dig into it, you find out the prices are all over the place. You've got one day packages, you got one month packages, you got season packages, and those on everybody doesn't offer that. So you have to actually have to. I hate to say it, Dr. Kavir, you actually have to do some homework to figure out what selection that you want to make when you when you're uh when you're watching the game. Now you say uh Alabama AM has a, a month-long package, uh Brian, they have a month option on their package. Yeah, mo- most of the schools do have a, a month-long okay. option. So so w- when you have multiple sports, j- just a little secret, take a look and see. If you travel back to that school in another sport on determining whether to get that day pass or that month pass. And I'll just say, for instance, if you was going back to Alabama A&M, say, in softball in the month of February, then I'm going to buy that month package, assuming that they were going to be streaming softball. If I'm making sense with what I just said, Brian. I, you are. Versus you just buy the day package. Yeah, you are. You are. Um, the uh, Valley tried to stream baseball last year. Um, good for Valley. Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, nah, at least they tried. Look, I, I think what, and there's another comment there about uh, that Doc said about on-campus radio stations not uh, having traditional public radio sponsorships. So what I think what they, 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 they have PSAs. Yes, you have PSAs, but you can do one or the right. other. I think in lieu of not having anything, I think utilizing the source that you have on campus makes sense the same way that maybe you can't hire an outside company to do x y and z maybe it's your stats maybe it's your marketing but guess what you have resources between uh 
students on campus who can utilize and take advantage of the real world experience that your athletic department can provide. And it's serving two masters. Now, again, if you are, if you want to go down the road of getting real sponsorship dollars of whatever value, then yeah, you don't use the campus radio station. You you can create your you can create your own out outfit outline. I mean, it, there's a way to do it. Uh, you have a website. I mean, you have these platforms, Rattlers Plus or other other outlets that you created. I, I'm just so I guess either or. You know, do 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 something. Do something. Yeah. That, that's all I'm. That's all I'm advocating and and wanting to see done. You know, I, I just and here's a uh, doc. Yeah, and here's Doc's follow-up to that question. The, the on-campus radio that I think he meant to say station, has a director that in most cases does not report to the dean of the School of Communication. The university marketing does not report either. And I just want to throw the two cents in. You can get the effect of a commercial with a PSA at a public radio station. And I've, I've, I've done this when I used to work at uh, KJLU in Jefferson City, Missouri. That's the uh, public radio station of Lincoln, Lincoln, uh, Missouri, Lincoln University of Missouri. I used to work there. Not, not in the sports. I was just a regular, regular DJ at that point in time. But we used to have to take what the information people would normally put into a commercial, give it the guidance of the FCC as far as PSA for a public radio station, and turn it into a... Uh, a, a basically a, a, a PSA, you know, and there's certain things you can't have a call to action. You can't mention price. Those are the two biggest things that we had to do, but you could give out information. So, and, and look, uh, I, I understand the, the, the biggest problem is that yes, most colleges aren't run like businesses and you're not, they don't, they run in two different, Look, I, I know I know a lot of the concepts I'm referring to and, and talking about are more business concepts and not concepts that a university uh, is not structured to run in a certain way. But and that's the difference between education and, and business. But but athletics is an entity that can that if ran properly can generate revenue to a support itself to a do things that bring value to the university overall maybe in tangible ways that bring value to the university um and and that's where the forward thinking and the out of the box thinking because again i think there's value to hearing your guy like hearing your hearing charles Edmund talk about Alcorn State sports is got to be pleasing to Alcornites because he knows the team, he talks to the coaches, he gets to know the players through the coaches. Um, and, and you know, as a side note, I want to encourage everybody. Hopefully, you've been seeing recently we've started running uh basketball shows, the Landon Bussy show and the Nate Kilbert show that is uh recorded live on Wednesdays. We've started streaming those on the Black College Sports Network on all of our uh, on all of our uh, outlets, on whether it be our podcast feed, our YouTube, our Facebook, um, and and again, that's 
that's got to be pleasing. He knows those teams. So you, the reason why you take you send him on the road is because he knows those teams. There is nothing – how many times, Drew, do we watch like a game – I'm going to use that, uh, that game that happened in New Jersey uh, this weekend. Now, full confession, I didn't get a chance to watch it between Grambling and Jackson State and Hampton and Howard, right? I bet each of those each of those institutions have a guy, right, that calls games for that school, right? So there are going to be things that he knows about that team, those players that bring a that bring a uniqueness to the broadcast. That guess what, your national broadcast guys can only do so much research, right? They're only going to do so much research. And at the end of the day, when you start generalizing about conversations surrounding HBCU and other stuff, guess what? Oh, that means we've kind of ran out of specific content <laughs> related to these players or these teams, how these teams run, what their season has been like thus far. So, I, trust me. We've oh, been- you've got to love the atmosphere. You've got to love the band. Y'all done ran out of content. That's all. We that know. Is. We know. We've been there. You and I have been there. We don't like it. We- <laughs> Done many a broadcast. We ran out of content, and we know, and we know these HBCUs better than. But when you have a bloody point blowout in a basketball game, sometimes you run out of content. You just trying to keep people from clicking off and everything. Last couple months before we get to break, Brian, I, 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 the boys, you just struck a nerve with me on this. I don't see recovering all sports when they are playing away games. Money generating sports, yes. Some others I don't see. Them boys, they are student athletes. They own scholarship. They represent your institution. Their coach makes a salary. Some of these teams, these non-revenue teams that you don't want to see, are probably doing better than your football team and your basketball team a lot of times. You know, we'll take, I mean, what, Fabio Bowling? Uh, we're talking Florida AM. Fabio Bowling doing a hell of a lot better than, than, than uh, women's and men's basketball, despite everything that's going on with Fabio Bowling this year. But <laughs> which, what do everybody, what does everybody see? Fabio Volleyball. Did anybody see Fabio Volleyball this year? Nope, but they were they was swackling up. That's so are those those nine ribs you don't want to? Are those those nine ribs you don't want to see them boys? I, I, I mean, I'm I'm just curious. And, you know, and uh, with somebody, your- and most importantly, there's a mama, there's a daddy, there's an auntie, there's a grandmother, there's a somebody else who Amen. can't travel on a weekday Amen. game to go see their baby play, and yep. the only way they can watch their baby play is by watching it on their phone. They iPad or their computer. Now nah, you struck a nerve on me with that one. But Brian, I think we found a solution for everything that we're trying to do. What's that? Let's go live at home, please. <laughs> Look, if high school again, I you know, if 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 high schools can do it, if high schools can do it, Drew, you know, uh I I, I mean, you know, at some point, you got to look at you got to look at it and say, "Damn, you know, if the local high school can do it, how come we can't do it? How come we aren't doing it?" That's that should be your 
that should be your biggest like shame. You you should look at that and say, the local high school can do it. We're not doing it. How come we can't do it? Okay. Make that make sense. Thank thank you for clarifying your boys. I don't want to see the schools have to pay uh, people to travel to have a school specific broadcast so that you can see it on the other schools' feeds. It does not make any sense. That that's assuming that the other school actually has a feed. And and I understand your point, assuming that the other school has has a feed. That's the valid point. I, and I I would I would argue and say again. I'd love to hear my own people though. But I understand where he's coming from. A lot of schools will put the broadcast team on the travel bus or if it's a bigger school, the plane with the team. And they will travel with the team right up there in the front with the coaches because their job is to broadcast the game. Yeah. They will try. So it's like, you're you're not paying, and I mean, look, I, I know you got to. I mean, that that person that person has the that person is going to have some other type of job on on campus. It's not like they are. That's their Probably only maybe, job maybe, most of the time. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice. Or that person is a retired so and so and so and so who wants to hang around the athletic department, and you're giving them some type of stipend or whatever to to broadcast. That's that, that's perfectly fine. Now, then, boys, I do want to say this, though. You say when the other team has a broadcast, that's assuming that the other school is actually producing a broadcast. And when you get past the Division One level, the SWACs, the BX, when you get into the Division Twos and the NAIAs, a lot of times it's C and P, as I call it, Brian, camera and pray. There's a camera streaming, you get ambient sound, and you pray that you can figure out what's going on. That's a nice little acronym. Uh, at the low, at some, and once you get past Division One, if, if you're a Division Two or NAIA fan, you know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Division One's. They pretty much have uh, everything uh, together when it comes to those. So, and I, let me give one more. And hey, I'll add this to that. To that, you know, if if I'm paying the Alabama A and M broadcast, guess who I'm listening to? I'm listening to it from the Alabama A and M perspective, right? Um, of course, I'm not listening to a bipartisan. bipartisan you know, feed. I'm. You know, I mean, it's 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 skewed mostly towards the home team, which Correct. again, I, I I just feel like there's value in hearing praise, hearing the the positive criticism. comments, the criticism and criticism of your own team, yeah, of your own team, and knowing it's coming from a place of knowledge. From somebody who's watched this team, maybe even gone to practices, talked to the coaches, talked to the players. There's value. It's called bringing insight. Okay, so I, I think we've. I love. I again, I love the thought. And again, next week I got to work on putting together that 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 uh, that summary 
of what everybody's fees are in basketball. And another, you know, here's another thing that I'm kind of curious about, Drew. And this is a, I know it's, we've gotten long in this segment. We've gone down a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I expected to go down. It's amazing that I think a lot of people, when, when when I've had this discussion in other places with other people, a lot of times people go back to what the conference, like the SWAC should do more. Um, you know, I hear the same thing said about football. Um, you know, like the MEAC should do more. And I don't, I always wonder, and then I just kind of look around and seeing what other mid-major, I'm not, again, I'm going to get out of the power, I'm not talking about the power five, power six, but I'm looking at what other entities of uh, comparable uh, playing size and structure mid-majors do, you know, and do those conferences, what do they do? How are they different? than the SWAC or the MEAC, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, so. But, yes, yeah, they do bid out those radio rights. But those, I, I, yes. I will say this, they bid out those radio rights, but they bid out they bid out those radio rights to entities like, um, who, who's the major company? Cumulus. Is it Cumulus? I'm talking about radio, they... You got uh, Cumulus Clear, Clear Channel. Yeah, but it's a it's another entity. It's another broadcast entity that uh, not Westwood One, but um, Radio uh, One. It starts with an I. It starts with an I. I can't think of it. Um, but anyway, they, they 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 handle a lot of the radio. But guess what? They end up they hire they hire a guy who's local to the team. They hire yeah. somebody who's local to the team. They hire somebody who's local to the fan base and community. That, I, eh, I don't know if it's iHeart. It's um, oh man, it's we, it was just talked about uh, recently by uh, by AD Sykes. Uh, she was talking about having conversation. Learfield, thank you, Learfield. It just hit me. Learfield is a is a is a is a major company in the broadcast. Uh, uh, they Learfield Communications. Learfield Communications is utilized by a lot of schools um, at the higher FBS level. And but I know because University of Central Florida uses Learfield. But guess what? They utilize a guy who has been calling games every time, whether it be at Learfield or the previous companies before. He has been calling play by play or UCF sports since I first got to Orlando in 98. And people know him as the voice of UCF Golden Knights or the UCF Knights, the same way that Charles Edmond is the voice of Alcorn State sports. Uh, Centuria uh, Holm, uh, what, what's Centuria's last name? Black. Um, Black. Centuria Black. Black, the voice of Grambling. Um, yeah. Keith Miles used to be the voice of Florida A&M. Yes. You know, I mean, just names that are synonymous because they've done it for years. And so, yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. The, the, the only thing that I would wish, uh, Brian, from our conference uh, perspective, is if, if there was a way to aggregate all that information somewhere on the conference 
website where it's easy to go. You can go and find it on the conference website, but you have they put a link. They put I guess a link. for me because they put a link. They right put there a bit, but and what, and what I'm saying, but I, I know you and I know where to go get it. A lot of general fans don't know how to navigate through those conference websites to get information. That's fair. we've been doing this. We've been doing this for so long. You know exactly where to go to get the information. Dr. Cavill knows where to go. Charles uh, Bishop knows where to go. But the the general fan sometimes has trouble navigating to get to something that simple. One one page one one page that has a drop down to all of radio broadcasts, audio broadcasts, blah 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 for each each of our teams and SWAC, BAC, SIAC, CIAA, and some some websites are better than others, Brian. I'll, I'll flat out say it. Some conference sites are better than others. Swag is pretty. Swag is pretty user friendly. It is. Yes, it is. Biak. It looks like not as user friendly as Swag. Looks like it should be right. The Biak. The Biak website is tricky. S I A C, S I A C C I double A. They've gotten Good better about if, the if, I, Those sites have gotten better yeah, about updating their content. But, but the but the yeah, but the question is, is it is the information accurate? And what I mean by accurate, it hasn't right. hasn't been updated because I've gone through and I've seen some stuff that not 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 updated. And GCA and GCAC, I need y'all to step y'all game up. That's all I'm gonna say. GCAC, yeah. we 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 still don't have the, the current basketball schedule on our website. I, I just I go to the NAIA website. I, I stopped even trying to. But I should I shouldn't have I should. You know that. I, matter of fact, I told you. I'm the one who told you that's where you needed to go. Remember? <laughs> yes, you did. You did. Yeah, you did. I, I told you, but does Joe Fan know that? No, uh, Joe Fan knows his school plays in the GCAC. What's the GCAC standing? Hell, you don't know yeah. if you go to the GCAC site. And I'm not poo-pooing on the GCAC. They're a growing conference. And then, you know, with growth comes, comes challenges. But it, it's something that you've got that we've got to get uh, better at. Your cousins in the Red River are doing a better job, GCAC. Shout out to Donald Blair, place of North Carolina A&T. Aggies, there's another voice. See, that's that's what I'm talking about. Shout out, shout out your voices. Who shout out in the if you know who's the voice Joshua Jackson, the voice Joshua of Jackson, Edward Waters, Edward Waters University, oh, exactly. Uh Rob Frank, Jane, Frank, Frank Lee. Yeah, Frank Lee, the voice of uh, Golden Tiger football. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You know, shout out these 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 guys. Yeah. Uh okay. Um <laughs> I the boys say we're gonna need to change the change the title of the name uh of the show. I don't know. We might might have to go back in post-production. Um, <laughs> hey, but the name of the show, finding your way. We're gonna find a way. We're gonna find a we're way. Finally. All right, we're gonna find that. a way to get this show done by eight o'clock. That's what we're gonna find a way to do. That, that, that's and we the haven't title. talked that's, any sports. That's motivation of the show name. Finding <laughs> a way. Hey, uh, on the other side, Morehouse has a coach, and Morehouse is looking to make some moves. We're gonna talk about that on the other side. And we might even get to a few basketball-related topics as well. Just hang in there uh for this short break. You're watching the BCSN sports wrap right here on the Black College Sports Network. We're back. 
It's time for the 2024 Urban NerdCon. Join us in Atlanta, Georgia, April 26th through the 28th at the Cortland Grand Hotel. Special guests include Underworld creator Kevin Grievous, Gary Gray from Barely Odd Parents, from Nickelodeon, Giovanni Samuels, the Science Machine Michael Green, the Sci-Fi Sisters, and from Spaceballs and Star Trek Voyager, Tim Russ. Hi, I'm Tim Russ. Join me April 26th through the 28th at the Cortland Grand Hotel in Atlanta, Georgia for the Urban Nerd Con. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone con. I'll see you there. Live long and prosper. Visit TheUrbanNerdCon.net to get your buy one, get one free badges before the price increases. Remember, our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Um, Brian Fulford and AD Drew here. Uh, good to have uh, good to have you guys on. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Uh, however, you're watching us on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, or maybe even Instagram uh, via at my BCSN one, the number one, uh, or you're watching us on. Uh, our Facebook and YouTube pages. Or um, obviously, if you're listening or watching this in the replay, maybe in the podcast format, we appreciate you 
watching and listening, downloading the BCSN Pod Zone, available everywhere you listen and download to podcast. Um, yeah, I appreciate you picking up on that, Edwin. See that, Edwin, you be watching the show, Edwin. You know, just want to make your eyes shift a little bit here. Um, okay, so Morehouse College. <laughs> Why are you messing with people like that? Why are you doing that? Stop. <laughs> you didn't like it the other way? Is that what so, it was? So, I, I, I need my corner, man. It's like it's like a, a old game of Hollywood Squares, man. I, I, I want my square. I want gotcha. to be in my comfortable square. Gotcha. All right. So Morehouse, the Morehouse Maroon Tigers finally have a coach and drew in classic uh slide it under the radar fashion. They dropped the news on a Friday. You know what you know what we say about Friday, Drew? When teams, when people drop news on Friday, what does that really mean? The classic, the classic Friday news dump. Because by the time you get to work on Monday, you're gonna probably forget about it. And every boy, yes, you are right. We got all these leaks. Texas Southern leak they who their head coach is gonna be. Grambling, let's see who they need to their head coach is gonna be. Fam, you Morehouse, and then they pulled what I like to professionally call Brian the okie doke on us and went with somebody off of the radar. And were they the more that I think about these, Ryan? And and, hold on, I'm I'm, I'm gonna give it to you. You may be going down the same uh comment that I was gonna make. But the more that I think about these, maybe these will leak just to get a little bit of fan reaction and see how many were on board, how many weren't on board before they made this uh, decision. Or B, there was somebody who knew who the, that that person really was who they were looking at and didn't like it and didn't think their fan base would go for it. And decided to leak it to quote unquote protect their fan base. What one of the two? What were you going with it, Brian? Well, yeah, I don't know if I was going exactly there, but yeah, um, you know, from from what I've heard, that the thought about Hugh Jackson being the coach at Morehouse there that that was a real possibility. It was a real possibility. That was real. Yeah. Um, now, all the reasons as to why, you know, could be surrounded around money, maybe Hugh trying to look for other opportunities at the same time, and then maybe the public backlash that came from Karan Phillips, who um, he writes and does things for, uh, I think it's Deadspin, and uh, he was very vocal and adamant in his article, which because of their that outreach got picked up in a lot of markets. And then even did a interview with HBCU Sports, I saw. Um, but anyway, he, he was not. So all of those things may have gone into why Hugh Jackson did not become the new head coach at Morehouse. Uh, I'm not saying one is more true than the other. Uh, from from the information that I've I, heard, I, I do know 
that the conversations were real with Morehouse and you. I can confirm that from a from a source. Yeah. Well, um, again, the fact that Morehouse dropped it on a Friday is always confusing. It'll never. You do better to drop it on a Saturday during a basketball game, <laughs> like Bam, you did, than a Friday going into the weekend. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, the news came out Friday. I'm reading right here from HBCUsports.com. Uh, Morehouse announced the hiring of a coach with the NFL ties, and he has ties into the Atlanta area. Uh, they named former NFL All-Pro talent, and I believe he was a wide receiver, Terrence Mathis as the next coach uh, at uh, Morehouse. Uh, Mathis was an All-American wide receiver out of the University of New Mexico. He was taken in the sixth round of the 1990 draft by the Jets. Uh, he played four seasons with the Falcons where he became a star. Uh, and I think it says in the first season with the team, which is 94, he went to the Pro Bowl and he was an all-pro second team. Uh, finished his career with the Falcons. Now, let me see, 94, was that, that was Michael Vick was there, correct? 94, no. Michael Vick didn't come to the late 90s. So, 94, that was the Dirty Birds. That was the Dirty Birds. Not, not, that was Dirty Birds. Prime was still there in 94. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was the Dirty Birds. Andre Risen, uh, those people. Now, that wasn't even quite the Dirty Birds. Okay. That's right. when, uh, what, 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 what was your boy who used to lead the uh, tickets for Elvis was the coach? Uh, used to coach down in Houston. Uh, why is his name slipping from oh, me uh, right now? You know who I'm talking about. I don't know, but I think we've you gone. know exactly who I'm talking yeah. about, Brian. I, I do, but I think we've gone. I've gotten off topic here. Jerry Glanville. Jerry, Jerry Glanville. Yes, okay. Yeah. Um, he was it, the coach, I think, there. Johnny Mathis is what? What is it anyway? Glanville. Yeah, okay. So Mathis played seven yeah. seasons with the Falcons. And he ended his career with the Steelers in 02. Uh, overall, he finished with 689 receptions, 8,809 yards, 63 touchdowns. Now, he actually uh, began his coaching career in the SIC as an offensive coordinator with Savannah State. Um, this is his first head coaching job at the collegiate level. Um you know, I I don't know what, where. Do you know any more about his prior coaching background uh, prior to coming to Morehouse? Uh, that would be a negative, Brian. Okay. Um. So in 2011, Mathis was the offensive coordinator at Savannah State. Uh, that team was then a part of the MEAC. They did not do too well then. Uh, they scored 92 points, 92 points overall in a season. Uh, that's an 11-game season, and they scored 92 points. Uh, he's an OC, finished, so. That, that team finished 1-10. and 10. Uh, Now, the following year, uh, he actually, that team did a little bit better, 13.4 per, per game. Uh they they also finished. We're talking about the D one days, right? 
These were Savannah the State. these were yeah, Savannah State was a part of the Miac Miac days when I mean they were sitting on much of nothing back then, it seemed like. Right. They were um, they were operating with division two budget and trying to play division one athletics. <laughs> Blue Jackets said they must have beat Bethune. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I don't know. Not during that time. Not during that time. Bethune was good. Yeah, those were. That's one of the good Bethune days. Yeah, that's one of Coach Sims. That was the good Bethune days. We know about that. Let's see. He was uh, at Savannah State maybe for about five years. It appears. I'm reading the article here again from Kendrick Marshall at uh, HBCUSports.com. Uh, he spent four years as the head coach at Pinecrest Academy in Cumming, Georgia. Um, that record wasn't too great there, 7-25. and 25. Um, He actually wasn't retained after the 2019 season. His last known coaching stops were at high schools, Blessed Trinity in 2020, and Fellowship Christian in 2021. So um, – the big question, Drew, is for a school that is, and this is also sort of a tie-in to this sort of other topic, a school that is rumored, which was a hot buzz topic this week, rumored to be moving potentially to the MEAC, or at least there's talks of Morehouse moving to the MEAC. Uh, the question posed by uh, by Kendrick Marshall is Terrence Mathis the right hire? There's no reading between the lines on this one, Ryan. Morehouse clearly let you all know where they are in the process with this hire. Mm. This is not the hire that you would make. If you're moving for Division Two to FCS, point blank, you would not go with a rookie head coach if you're looking to make a move to FCS. You would go with somebody probably if you're smart. I'm not going to say they're not going to do it, but if you're smart, you're going with someone with FCS experience. Who knows what it takes to compete at the next level. And, and so as, as a head coach, that's just my personal opinion. Because as an uh, OC, as Savannah State, you don't get deep into the administrative stuff that you would need to know in order to make, help make this kind of a job for your program. Because And that, that also goes to each of the coaches, football, basketball, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. That would be making this jump. You you want somebody else with experience uh, with that. Now basketball has has is having success. The jump in basketball probably is not as dramatic, especially administratively, as you would have in football. I mean, let's think about it, Brian. You go you go on from thirty six to sixty two scholarships. You're managing a totally different type of budget. You're talking about, in general, on the FCS level, where athletes usually get a refund of their payroll grant versus Division Two, which is grant and aid, which means your payroll grant 
goes against your against your fees and you don't get you don't get you don't see that money. So that's a whole different level of administration and management of budgets and money that goes when you're going from division two to to FCS. So nah, I don't think this move was saying that we are ready to make this move within the next three years. So here's what's interesting. Um <laughs> uh appreciate kelvin jumping in um you know interesting two interesting names that uh sam washington or broderick fobbs yeah would have if made you're making that move yes those would have made more sense i'm gonna read i found this tweet by uh hbcu nightly uh most likely uh coming from uh joshua sims in which he talked about morehouse and he says the move and why it makes sense and why Morehouse moving to the MEAC makes sense. Um, he says, makes, Morehouse, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. He says Morehouse is a $400 million plus endowment private HBCU, which is what? Number two overall. Number two to Howard. Uh, in eight, uh, which is also in the MEAC in a top five market in the United States with a football stadium, that has a larger capacity than two current members of the MEAC. Now that's impressive. That's interesting because I think Morehouse only has a one-sided stadium. So uh, that that right there is interesting. If I'm if I'm being honest, and and the basketball arena, uh, you yes. know, uh, Forbes sits. I want to say five thousand is the capacity of Forbes. Maybe a couple, maybe a couple people more than five thousand. It, it's a good arena. It's a good arena. Uh, it, it's, it's a, it, I mean, it's a, it's a nice. I mean, it's a, it's a Division One level arena. It is. It is. It is. Now I don't know about the the other the well, other base baseball plays off 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 site. I believe they play in Decatur, if I remember correctly. Um, of course, they have men's volleyball. And, and, and here's the one advantage Morehouse has over any other Division II HBCU that wishes to make the jump from Division II to FCS. No Title IX. Yeah. That's an, that's an advantage, right? That is an advantage. No Title IX. Because they're men's only, they do not have to worry about Title IX, which catches a lot of our institutions uh, so so many times trying to make sure of equity. They don't have to worry about the the, the gender equity. They just focus all of their own, on their sports that they're gonna that they're gonna play. That's another name that's out there. Fred McNair is out there. You know, uh, what, no uh, Fred McNair at Morehouse. I don't know. You know, somebody, but anyway. Um, what also what I was find interesting is Bluefield State is open. Uh, stop it. Um, <laughs> Morehouse does have the alumni. Um, there are a lot of positives uh, to Morehouse making the move um, into the MEAC, uh, which would put the MEAC at seven football playing schools. Uh, it would serve as the ninth in a lot of the other sports, male sports, obviously. Um, what about the other side of that, though, Drew, in terms of the SIC has always kind of found ways to 
stay alive when even when people have transitioned and started a new conference from out of their ranks. Um, I don't see this affecting the SIC's numbers because what we we've talked about this. There might be some schools moving over into the SIC. Is that is that what we've we've kind of talked about that before? Yeah. All right, Brian. We can go down another rabbit hole. That's probably going to take us the rest of the show. So no, we, 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 don't, we, don't we, don't the we don't have to go down the We don't have to go conference turning. Let's not go full no. full blown conference. <laughs> And if, if you go back to uh, Twitter spaces or X spaces or whatever the hell they call it now, uh, <laughs> this was a topic Tuesday night in that space uh, hosted by uh, HBCU Nightly. And it was an impromptu uh, Twitter space. I just happened to uh, jump on it and we have some very good dialogue. But all right, here's the rumor mill right now. So we can go ahead and get it out here. Obviously, we, talk, we brought up Morehouse. With when you think of Morehouse athletically, who do they, who are you thinking about competitively, Brian? You there, Brian? I guess I guess we've lost Brian. But anyway, getting back to it, Tuskegee and Morehouse have always been married at the hip. So with Tuskegee and Morehouse being married at the hip. What happens to does Tuskegee make this move with them? That's number one. Number two, what about that other school right there in the AU Center, Clark, Atlanta? Because here's the thing MEAC, SWAC, one, if not both of these teams, want to get into the Atlanta market for obvious reasons. They want to get into the Atlanta market. But you've got this thing there in the Atlanta market called the BXY Challenge and the Celebration Bowl. So that may or may not be affected with these teams coming in. Question, if Morehouse goes into the BX and or the SWAC, what happens to Tuskegee? Does Tuskegee go in with them? Because we talked about Howard being number one as far as endowment. Morehouse number two. Guess who's number three? That's right. Tuskegee is number three when it comes to endowment. So if you think about it, a BIAC could potentially have not one, not two, but the three top endowed institutions in their conference boy you talking about something that you that you can market and all three of those despite what you may think about them on or off the athletic field are known for their academics howard morehouse tuskegee yes tuskegee has been talking about going division one uh they actually started this talk back when uh, Gilbert Roshan was president. I believe that was back in the early teens uh, when Gilbert Roshan was uh, president. Uh, so he succeeded uh, Dr. Payton. I believe Dr. Payton retired in 2010, if I had the uh, year correct. But anyway, they started talking about it then. Since then, when Reginald Ruffin became athletic director, he's kind of pushed the focus back to the Division One FCS level. So 
if you if you remember Tuskegee Stadium, football stadium was offline for almost a year and only open for homecoming. I believe that was in 2021, coming out of the pandemic. But part of the reason uh, for that was because they were doing some renovations to the stadium, new turf, uh, new field house, et cetera, et cetera. And everything did not get get finished until the week before homecoming. So Tuskegee is definitely uh, looking at it and trying to uh, trying to take it back to the Division One level. So, what happens to a Tuskegee if Morehouse does Tuskegee follow Morehouse, or does Morehouse follow a Tuskegee? Because when you look at Tuskegee, their natural rivals are in the SIA. Excuse me, are in the SWAC. Natural rivals, Florida AM, Alabama State, Alabama AM, Jackson State. Those are all rivals to Tuskegee. And that goes back to the SIAC days. Of course, Jackson State was never in the SIAC, but the other three were SIAC, SIAC foes. Look at the buzz around Tuskegee with the fact that they are going to be traveling to Grambling this year. And as a Tuskegee alum, Tuskegee fans would much rather see Tuskegee playing in Grambling than Tuskegee playing in Allen. So TSU and Tuskegee to the SWAC will be fired. I totally agree with you, Kelvin. Tennessee State and Tuskegee going to the SWAC would be fired. And that's the other variable out there. Does Tennessee State make a move and come where they should be naturally, which is in the SWAC, or do they continue to be in the OBC? So there's a lot of different variables out there that you would have to look at. Uh, Brian, I don't know how much of the conversation that you caught while I was talking about Tuskegee, Morehouse, and uh, Howard, and we've even thrown uh, Tennessee State back into the conversation with coming into the SWAC which would be a nice variable to add into it. Does Tuskegee go east or Tuskegee go west? West being the SWAC, east being the MIA. Are Tuskegee and Morehouse married to each other like FAMU and Bethune were? Making the same move to the conferences twice. Remember, FAMU and Bethune left the SIC together to join the MIAC. They left the MIAC together to join the SWAC. And the one or two years back in the 80s when FAMU decided to leave the MEAC, things didn't work out and they came back together. Same thing, Alabama A&M, Alabama State, Jackson State, Alcorn. There are certain institutions that are buried to each other. The marriage that has been broken up, we've seen two marriages broken up within the last five years. That being Central A&T and Howard Hampton. But Howard Hampton really wasn't a marriage. Those two, school, those two marriages have still managed to exist. In separate conferences. Exactly. So so it, would a Tuskegee-Morehouse uh, marriage tend to exist? Because it makes, I'm just saying, it makes sense for Morehouse, if they're going to go up, to wind up in the MEAC. If Tuskegee goes up, it makes more sense for them to go into the swag. I agree. And then 
And then you've got that big fish out there still, Brian. We've talked about Morehouse. We've talked about Tuskegee. We've thrown Tennessee State out there. But what happens to Clark Atlanta? Clark Atlanta are two institutions. And if you understand the research portion of this, you'll understand why that 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 now Clark Atlanta is private. Oh, I'm sorry. Clark is private. Okay, did not. Yeah, okay. Clark. Uh, Clark and that is private. Uh, but if uh, if you understand that portion of it, and what an R two institution would do to either one of these conferences, as far as their research grants and their offerings, partnerships with students, internships, et cetera, et cetera, especially in that Atlanta market. As attractive as Morehouse and as sexy as Morehouse is in Atlanta, the bigger fish is Clark Atlanta. And when you think about it, Brian, and I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you. If you talk Tuskegee, Morehouse, and Clark Atlanta, you're talking four of the charter members of the SIAC. You say four, AD. You only named three schools. Let's not forget. Uh, Clark College and Atlanta University merged together in the 80s. And as separate institutions, they were charter members of the SIAC back in 1913, along with Tuskegee and Boarhouse. Huh, didn't know that. Um, I, you're talking about marriages, then I would think the Morehouse-Clark marriage is a bigger marriage. But that, that's really not a marriage. They just happen to be living on the same block, Brian. That, that's not a marriage. I, I disagree because you 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 because what, what it is is you have the travel partners and you also have an institution that has women's sports. A, a, a Tuskegee a Tuskegee Clark going to the same conference makes a hell of a lot more sense on the division one level. Then I'm gonna be honest, did Tuskegee Morehouse? Okay. If you want to maintain those travel partners, it's it's, it's less than a two-hour ride from uh, from Epps to Chappie James. Hmm. Um, please show me a football program that's been playing for over oh. 110 oh. years. I didn't mean to put it down. Decided a big boy status. Um, I mean, you know, maybe not 110 years. I mean, there were schools that may have been 80 or 90 years that went. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, All right. How many schools are in the SWAC? Oh, go ahead. No, how many schools are in the SIC and the moves will put the risk that the MIAC is currently in? Um, First of all, the SIC going to be all right. SIC oh, has 15 institutions right now, and they are looking to add more. Now, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, here's the thing. It's more important for the MIAC to get those teams to come to the MIAC than it is for the SWAC to expand. 
outside, I'm just talking out loud. Haven't had this type of conversation with Dr. McClellan, but if I'm Dr. Charles McClellan, I want Clark Atlanta. And if I have to take a, I won't say take a, but if I can get a Tuskegee to balance out Clark Atlanta or a Tennessee state to balance out Clark Atlanta, I, I will, I would do it. The, the problem would be, would a conference with the prominence of the SWAT be willing to take on not one, but two institutions moving from Division Two to FCS? Let's think about that, y'all. That's a lot to ask, it especially, yeah. especially in the divisional format that the that the SWAT has. Well, geographically, both of those institutions would be in the same division. If you continue with the divisional format. Well, I was going to say at that point, you might you might even get away from the divisional formats, which is now you would, all, you would almost have. It. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's becoming a thing now. You're hearing a lot of conferences are moving away from the divisional or format. format. Um but if you took if you added two division twos on the same side, you would almost have to get away from the divisional format. I don't know if you go two division twos, to be honest with you, Drew. I mean, I know I mean um, that's I know, the conversation. I just think, you know, if I if obviously I you you've made a great presentation for Clark. Um, but that Tennessee State Nashville market has got to be way more appealing than I don't even know what market Tuskegee sits in. Um, Tuskegee falls into Montgomery DMA. Okay, so but but got, then you've already got Alabama State. Yeah, you got State, State A&M, State. you know, and I think bringing in the Nashville, which is right off of sixty-five, so it has a natural travel partner, or not travel partner, but a travel road. Yeah, to Atlanta is already. I mean, and that is 75, 85, 20, and 20. Major cities. Major right. cities. And, and, and don't forget, 75 takes you to where, Brian? 75, uh, you go 75, you go 75 to 24, you're in, you in Nashville. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, Tennessee State makes makes the most sense. Nashville, uh, at, Nashville Atlanta makes the most sense. It does, for, the SWAT, which institution you get, and I'm gonna be honest with you, if I'm if I'm the SWAT, I don't want those headaches of an unbalanced schedule, men and women. Mm. It, by taking the boyhouse, you've got unbalanced schedules with, on your women's side. I don't want you don't want those. Trust me, having lived those headaches, you don't want those headaches. Yeah, but if you go, if you get, a, if you get, a, if you get away with, if you move past division, I mean, they already, well, I don't know if they already did, but you can move past divisions uh, and just do open play. Because, for example, there's some women's sports that two schools don't have. I mean, Florida A&M and Bethune don't play soccer, which is a SWAT sport that the Offer. other kid members do. Right. You know, so you've already got those kind of scenarios um yeah clark atlanta uh, got to hear the title nine they don't have enough sports right now 
don't none of these institutions that we talked about moving up have enough sports right now. So that's going to be the common thing for all three of those schools that we're talking about. Yeah, I I agree about none. Why would the SWAC move away from the British format? You asked for major travel costs, which increases one of the reasons we left the the MEAC. I'm saying with the divisional format, if two Division twos, the Division twos that we are talking about were to come into the SWAC, they would both wind up being on the east side of the conference. That would be a competitive advantage, in theory, to the other people on the east side during those first three to five years that they would come in. So would the people in the West go for that, knowing that they would have a competitive advantage by having those two uh, transitioning division twos on their schedule? If I'm if I'm a if I'm a prayer view AM, I'm not going for it. Well, yeah, okay, that's one one school that might have a problem with it. Um the same way Bethune Cookman might have a problem being the first. See, Bethune Cookman being the furthest east and Prairie View being the furthest west. I mean, they're kind of on an island, on islands on two ends of the spectrum. I guarantee you, Bethune would much rather go to Atlanta than to Houston. Well, yeah. But eventually you'll want to go there, even if it was once every three years. You know, uh, there's a way to do it. Uh, I don't. I I I just think you know there 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 are ways to do it. And to to, to ask to answer the question regarding travel costs, adding Nashville and Atlanta or doing away with the two markets easy to fly into. Hey, first off, nothing will. Just again, traveling from Florida to Delaware, D.C., Baltimore. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, uh, the There's no comparison. I, I mean, maybe maybe going to Texas is the comparison. Uh, maybe. But I I just, I don't know. I have, to, I have to do the, I have to do the mileage chart on that and see what is the mileage from Tallahassee to Delaware, Wilmington. Is it Wilmington? Wilmington, Delaware, and Baltimore, Maryland, Washington, D.C. Brian, Brian, this is a, for Bethune, an hour to Orlando or an hour to Jacksonville and a commuter flight to Atlanta. Yeah. And, and from Atlanta to Orlando, it's just over, it's about what, about an hour 15 flight? If I remember correctly, right. it's just over an hour. Yeah. All right. So, uh, from what I have read and heard, it seems like any this these rumors and this this uh, proposal, this proposed move, might be something that happens in the summer. So, I mean, we potentially might see something announced in the summer um is that is that kind of what you're hearing drew in terms of of whether morehouse is officially going to move into the MEAC? 
I would love to see some of the cost analysis on that too. That's what that's what I want to see. What Ryan, when I start hearing chirping at board meetings, then that's when I'll start. Uh, that's when I'll start looking at it. But with the two institutions, the three institutions that we're talking about being private institutions, uh-huh. there's only so much information that they have to put out publicly. Exactly. Uh, uh, to us, so but just pay attention when Morehouse, Tuskegee, and Clark Atlanta have their next board of trustees uh, meeting, and pay attention to the agenda and see if that type of stuff is on the agenda. Uh, when I even make and those public? the one thing. Yeah, they usually make the agenda public. But here's the thing, Brian: you've got to have a president or a board member who's pushing this move in order for it to even have a conversation. Right. You've got to have an athletic director who knows how to make this move in order to have this conversation. That doesn't mean he has to have experience in doing it, but he has to uh, have the know-how to do it. So without those two, everything that we're talking is conjecture. It's a non-starter until you get to that point. But I know Clark Atlanta's president, has been talking about it. Tuskegee, don't expect that, that to happen anytime within the next, it'll be at least a year before Tuskegee would even consider that, considering they're going to a presidential search right now. So when you see the new president at Tuskegee, then you, you can start filling out that person, he or she, as far as how that's going to go with athletics. So Morehouse, we know it's out there with Morehouse. So Morehouse is uh Morehouse is considering it. So okay. Tuskegee, minimum of a year, a year away. Okay. Uh let me move us forward. Who this is rapid fire left. to get up, get through. Who is left. Who is left? What schools are left? Um left as far as doesn't have a head coach yet, head football coach. Uh, let me pull back Saint up. Aug- I think Saint Augustine. Well, Saint Aug has Saint Augustine has an interim. Yeah, I interim. think he's okay. going to wind up taking a job, but they've never officially announced that he's going to either remain the interim for the next year or or stay where he stay where he's at. Gotcha. Uh, remove the tag and make him permanent. Uh, you've got Bluefield State. Okay, Bluefield State. Yep, we learned that they were missed that their coach was uh, uh, resigned or let go. What was that we learned last week about that? Let go. Let go. Let go. Okay. And that was based on a difference in some philosophies. Uh, you know, Bluefield State new program. Yeah, everybody they, on the same page. Yeah, and I think maybe they were moving. I go your your. Your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Mm-hmm. I think that's a classic case of Bluefield State when it came so to what that, happened there. They wanted to start this program. Is that something you're hearing that the that the, what you heard that the university wanted to go uh, do more, and the head coach was maybe trying to slowly build? Or is that is that what you heard? I think it was the exact opposite. Ah, okay. Coach wanted the to head, move faster than what the school the head, the head coach, the head coach, do what he needed to do in order to. You, you asked me to cook this uh, 
this full course meal, but you're not giving me, you know, you give me Wonder Bread <laughs> for my rolls. But you want me to cook a four, but you want me to cook a, a four star uh, dinner, but you give me Wonder Bread to work with. No shade, no shade to Wonder Bread, by the way. Okay. We don't want anybody to think we don't like and what or didn't grow up on Wonder Bread, okay? Nothing wrong with Can I at least get some kings? No, hey, at least give me some uh kings Hawaiian rolls, man. Can I at least get some kings Hawaiian rolls? Protect us. There is nothing wrong with Wonder Bread. We love Wonder Bread. Wonder Bread has served the community well. Drew, Drew's out there poo-pooing on Wonder Bread. <laughs> Jesus. Get us in trouble out here. Um, okay. While we're talking football, uh National Let's go rapid fire, so we just tried to get out of here, man. Yeah, yeah. National Signing Day is coming up on Wednesday. National Signing Day is coming up on Wednesday. Now, uh, the early signing day rankings. Now, this was from HBCUsports.com. I went back and looked, found their article. They recapped the top five early signing day rankings among HBCU. Now, this is Division One schools. Uh, Morgan State was five. Alcorn State was four. Alabama State was three. Jackson State to Florida A&M was one. Now, that was early signing period. Um, at the time, I think Alcorn was just going through the change, or maybe Cedric Tillman was just named the coach, maybe yeah, right maybe a week, Maybe day. a week before. I think it was right. about a week uh, before. And Florida A&M, Willie Simmons was the head coach, and then obviously he resigned. Later. And then a month later, you had, yeah, so a week later he resigned, and a month later you get a new coach. So these are 24-7 sports. I went through their composite signing day projections. Now, they, you know, they rank everybody, and, uh, and their rating system is all based on stars and, and the number of commits that are certain numbers of stars. Uh, but what they also factor in into their composite number is their transfers, because obviously schools will pick up transfers uh, that will factor into this signing day period and improve. So uh, these are numbers that they have recorded. Now, obviously, there's other sort of sites out there, Rivals. I think Rivals is still around, So, but those are the two primary scouting services that most people lean on, right? 24-7 and rivals. So 24-7, these are the top five, the top five HBCUs according to overall rankings amongst Division I programs. Number five right now, Grambling comes in at number five. They have 11 commits, including uh, a one, a three-star currently committed. Uh, now their transfer rank was 120. Okay, now, again, this is out of 300-some-odd Division I programs, FCS and FBS. Um, Grambling comes in at school 166 amongst 300-some-odd schools. Florida A&M comes in at number four, according to 27 Sports. Now, this is as of today. So, obviously, this could change in the next three days between now and signing day. Uh, they have Florida A&M with 11 commits, including a one three-star uh, they also have a transfer rank of 100, which is better than any of the HBCUs in this top five that I'm going to tell you about. Um, 
also what I didn't see, and I had to I had to confirm this with uh with Marcus. Uh I did not see um and I say Marcus, Marcus Green, who oversees a lot of our recruiting information on the ONG strike zone. Um Florida, they did not have uh Damori Tate, who is a five star defensive back who signed back in the early period under FAMU's page. Now, I don't I don't know. And according to Marcus, he hasn't seen anything that says Damari is not still committed to FAMU. So with that said, number three is Bethune Cookman. They come in at 149 overall. By the way, FAMU came at 159 overall. Bethune comes in 149 overall. They are number three. They have right now 17 commits, including two three stars. Uh, I have to look. Is one of those three stars Rick Ross's son? Was what do you mm. I think, you know, Rick Ross, uh, his son, who is an offensive lineman for St. Thomas Aquinas down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, it's a hell of a program, by the way. They put out dudes. They put out pros. Pros. They put out pros. But anyway, he's an offensive lineman. He he committed to Bethune. I don't know if he's one of those uh, three stars or not. Number four, or excuse me, number two overall was Tennessee State University. Number 146 overall. They have nine commits and two three-star athletes. Their transfer rank is also ranked 120. Um, and number one right now, according to... 27 247 sports the top hbcu recruiting program uh is jackson state they're ranked 135 overall 17 commits right now including three three stars their transfer rank though is still 120 so um again this is the latest from 247 sports their top five hbcus are jackson state Tennessee State, Bethune-Cookman, Florida A&M, and Grambling. And so those schools run from 135 overall to 166 overall. So just I, I put that out there to kind of give us something to, to kind of look at and pay attention to uh, when signing day. Uh, credit to a lot of – a lot of schools do a great job of posting information. So I would encourage you uh, follow the Black College Sports Network at my BCSN1, the number one on Twitter. Um, actually, I've even created a a profile, uh, what's it called? A list. Uh, you can follow our list. I mean, you can, if you want to see what uh, HBCU football programs, their Twitter handles, I mean, I've got them all aggregated via our Twitter account. So if you go to our Twitter page, go under list, you'll see our HBCU football programs. And that'd be a great way to follow. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, JSU, Jackson State was number one last year with 24-7. I think so. So it is what it is. Um, right. One other thing, uh, Drew. I told you I was toying around with the 2024 schedule. 
looking at just the SWAC games that were released, the eight-game SWAC schedule, not looking at the whole season, just looking at the SWAC season. Uh, which two schools, I'm going to ask you these questions, which two schools do you think have the easiest SWAC schedule? One in the Ooh. East, one in the West are very similar in terms of. Oh, and I don't have the full thing. I, I need to see the full schedule. But you just uh, have to go off the top I, of uh, my head. Well, hold on. Okay. Not, your, not your numbers, just, just the graphic. Okay. Okay. Let me see. Okay. Not that. Let me see. I think I got it here. I think I saved it here on an old card. There we go. All right. There we go. That's what you're talking about, right? All right. Uh, Emmett Jones says Jackson State. Again, I'm saying the easiest schedule. Uh, Emmett, Jackson State is close. They're in the top third. Not the easiest, though. So I've kind of I've kind of spoiled it there. I've, I've taken that one away from you. It has loaded on my screen. Oh, I got it up on the. Oh, you don't see it on the shit on the uh, on the actual broadcast. No, I'm, I'm waiting on it. It's, there. It is. It's just, it was. It was like maybe my internet buffering. It wasn't okay. loading. Uh, and this is based on 2023 records, correct? It is based on 2023 results, win loss record from 2023. You know, so I mean, take that with a grain of salt. Who do you guys out there in the chat room? Who do you think has the the easiest schedule? Ooh, uh, let's see. I'm not going to post anybody in the chat room, but I will say uh, bingo. Kelvin's got one of them. Yeah, I was going to say, let's see. Uh, no, no, no. One in the east, one in the west. Alabama and L? In the East? No. How about in the West? I'll give you one guest in the West. The G. No. What'd you say? Grambling. G? Grambling? Yes. Uh, yes. Up, up, up. They're in the upper third. They're in the upper third as well, but no, not the easiest. Uh, so the easiest overall belongs TV. to Alcorn. Easiest SWAC schedule overall based on 2023 results. Uh, their opponents last year had an overall percentage of 41.6%. That was the win percentage of their opponents last year. The second easiest belongs to the defending champs, FAMU. Yeah, 42.7 is the win percentage of their opponents from 2023. And everyone uh, asked a good question. Go ahead and explain that again, Brian. 
So again, these are based on the records from last season, which is the right now the only metric that I'm using. I'm not factoring in new coaches and things of that nature. Um, I'm not factoring in transfers. I'm basing it on last year's win percentage. Okay. And again, yes, Jackson State and uh, Grambling and Jackson State both came in in the top third. How about hardest? How about this? Who has the hardest schedule based on win percentage from their opponents last year? Hardest overall schedule. One east, one west. Uh, well, it's it's um, are, are the top two in the same division? No, it's it's really a runaway for the. Uh, they're in the same division, but uh, one of them. Well, actually, no. One, I get. You know what? I can't go one east, one west because there are two of them that are very similar. One east, one west. One east, one west. Uh, Edwin Moore. How about, how about no. Valley? How about Valley in the east? Ding, ding, ding. I'll give you that one. You are correct. Valley is in the east. Yes, has the toughest schedule. Their opponents last year were 49 and 42. That's a 53.8 win percentage last year overall record last year for the opponents that valley plays this year how about texas southern in the west ding 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 look at you got number two right 48 and 43 52.7 percent texas southern yeah had the uh had the uh so that's the toughest overall among all eight games all eight games right Okay, let's yeah. let's let's break it down a little bit differently here. Cross division. Now, those three cross division games can sometimes factor into your overall success, right? So, who do you think in the East has the easiest cross division schedule? The three teams, the easiest. In the East, who has the easiest cross division? Matchups. Hmm. Nope, not them. What do you guys think out there? Let me see something. Here's let me see some some answers there in the chat. Who has the easiest cross division matchup in the East? I don't know about the East, but I can tell you who the hardest in the East is. <laughs> well, hold that because I will ask. <laughs> well, I'm curious to see if you get that right. Uh, all right, <laughs> EA coming in. You you guys are on point there. You guys are on point. Um, I'll, I'll 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 tell you, it's uh, Jackson State with the easiest cross division. Jackson State plays Alcorn, UAPB, and Texas Southern. Combined twelve and twenty-one. That is the that's a thirty-six point four percent win percentage. Easiest second easiest belongs to Alabama A and M. Thirteen and twenty. They play UAPB Grambling and Southern. Now, who did you say? You said you thought you knew who the hardest in the East. Who has the hardest cross divisional matchups in the East? Who do you think that is? Oh, uh, no, God, dog. Who did I say? Who was I looking at? Uh, 
but but it might be Bethune. Am I am I right? No, no, it's not Bethune. Not Bethune. Not Bethune. Hardest cross divisional schedule. Win percentage fifty two point nine percent. Oh, uh, Alabama State. That is Alabama State, correct. Yeah, Alcorn, Grambling, Prairie View. I mean, those were the three teams that were fighting last uh, weekend <laughs> trying to get into the playoffs. <laughs> and, and is that that is the only that is the only cross division uh, school in the East that has uh, the win percentages is, is over fifty percent, right? So yeah. they play right. the three, you know best performing teams from a year ago, Alcorn, Grambling, and Prairie View. Yeah, all three of those were in the hunt last week, yeah. waiting on one to lose and one to win. Yeah, and, and what's interesting is two of those three are on the what? Road. Okay, yeah. over to the, in the... West. In the West? Yeah, in the West. Who has the easiest? Uh, who has the easiest? No, I thought we were doing the hardest. Doing oh, the hardest. Well, we can do. We can go. We can go to the hardest. Who has the hardest? It shouldn't be hard. Yeah, that's what we just said. We just said who has the hardest. Well, uh, we were doing both cross division, cross division. Oh. So again, Doc, I'm basing this on ease being the performance, the 2023 20, records. So your win, the win loss percentage uh, from a year ago. I'm basing that on. Uh, 2023 numbers. Yeah. Who has the hardest cross-divisional schedule in the West? Uh, PB is close. EA, I'll not quite. I'll, I'll look at that one, but that's, that was not my final answer. Close. 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 Yeah. Kelvin, Demetra, Good answers. Good answers. Good answers. 62.9% the win percentage of the cross-division opponents for this school. That was my other one that I was looking at. It's it's uh I I'll tell you I who see. it is. You, you yeah, saw who it is? Oh yeah, yeah I Texas saw who it was. Texas. Yeah, Sun. I was looking at them. Well, it, it's I hate to say it, it, it was kind of easy. Oh, well. to, 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 no, to pull Texas Southern out of it. Because, number one, you, you started off with who, who does fan you play in a cross division? Oh, if, okay. if, you try, if you just try and do Mac, just trying to go through quickly. And right. then you then you look and see, all right, do they have either Jackson State or Alabama State on their schedule next? Correct. Those, those are the two teams I was looking at. Yeah. So, But what pushes Texas Southern is – where Prairie View gets to play Valley, Texas Southern has to play Bethune. Correct. Yeah. And nobody, what's interesting is nobody plays a gauntlet that includes FAMU, Alabama State, and Jackson State. So that no, no everyone is spared. No, there's no combination that, that comes up with a cross division of all three of those teams. That would be brutal. So, so Brian. And maybe Doctor, I see Doctor Cavill on here. Who is Texas Southern's permanent lock cross division? Texas Southern and Prairie Views. Um, wouldn't it be? 
Well, who have they played every year? That's what I'm that's what I know off the top of my head. Because I know it's like FAMU and Southern, Jackson State. But Alcorn. I don't think that's how it works. I don't think it works quite yeah, exactly. They have they have one permanent opponent from the opposite division. FAMU and Southern, it, Southern is and FAMU are permanent opponents based on the current scheduling matrix. Ed, Edwin says nobody. I don't. Because I, I know Southern and FAMU is locked. It's a lock. Well, okay. Let, let's, as let's far play, as conference. Well, let's play that game that we're going to play because I don't think it works that way because who is Alabama A&M's? That's, I, why, that's why I'm asking that question because I don't. Yeah, see, uh, and now Edwin says Fam and Southern, Jackson and Alcorn are the only two permanent opponents. Okay, then maybe I'll stand corrected. Right. And I think that's because the other rivals are within the division, within their division, you know, Alabama, Alabama State, Grambling Southern, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the, just so everyone knows, the easiest cross division of matchups goes to UAPB. That's uh, thirteen and twenty, thirty nine percent. They they avoid FAMU. They get to play Valley. They play Alabama A and M, and they play Jackson State. Uh, so I took it even further, obviously, right? Because I was really into myself here as I was doing this. How about I thought I was a number. Wait a minute, hold on. I thought I was a number nerd on this show. Yeah, right, right. I'm, you know, you inspired, you inspired. <laughs> Home opponents record. Who has the easiest and toughest home swag schedule? Home is in the black for everybody. Right. Home is in the black. That's the definitely got to be Sam. You on the east. It, it easiest. Yes. Bingo. It is FAMU, easiest home opponents in the East this year in the East. Uh, their opponents were 15 and 29 last year. Because three of their four opponents <laughs> are under 500. Yes. At home. Yeah. yeah. Um, and over on the West, uh, you might be able to figure it out in the West. Uh, Would that be uh, UAPB? It is. It is UAPB. Their opponents were 15 and 30. Um, And so they have Alabama A&M coming to town. They've got Valley coming to town. Uh, They have Grambling. No, check it. They've got Prairie View and Texas Southern coming to town. Uh, Now, this might be interesting to you. Who has the toughest home swag schedule? Like, and it's it's not even. I looked at the Alabama record. Alabama State. Uh, toughest? No, no. actually, no. no. Bethune. Uh, no, not somebody even has a tougher one than Bethune. Bethune is not nice. No, it's not. It's not. Everybody was over five hundred. Yeah, there are three home Alabama. games. Combined night, yeah. they only have three home games though. Three home yeah. games among SWAC opponents, 19 and 14, where they're combined. Somebody has an even more daunting on, on the east side, or west or side. Overall. They're on the west side, they're on the west side. So, is Bethune the east winner? Will Bethune be the east winner? Um, 
Yes, Bethune on the East would be the East winner. Toughest home conference uh, opponents. Oh, PV, shit. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's PV. It is PV. Uh, what, a challenging, what a challenging home schedule that Prairie View A&M has. Not only do they host FAMU, uh, they host Alcorn. Uh, they host Southern. And let me see. I think, is that it? No, I think yeah, they, they got three. three. They only got three. Yes. Three. Yeah. Only has and, and that's three. three. That's three games. That's three. Yeah. That's that's pretty that's pretty interesting. No, they've got Texas Southern as well. They host Texas Southern at home. No, uh, Texas Southern is away for now. They no, go to Texas Southern. PV no, is great. No, it's that Prairie View. I'm looking at the Matrix, it has it in gray. I, well, but look at PVs, it's in gray as well. And I and according to uh, FBS schedules is where I okay. was looking. Now, I didn't go to the preview website. I, I was just I was just looking at the graphic yeah. that you have on yeah, the, that, uh, yeah, the graphic. For whatever reason, the graphic doesn't show that preview is actually the host of that Labor Day Classic this year. Okay. La- yeah, this then, past season. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That would say it's the one thing I hate about swag scheduling is that all of the prime home games or either at home or on the road. So you have a good year and then an unattractive year. You know, I guess he's saying that it's not balanced with the attractiveness of the home uh, game. What is interesting, because of the neutral site games, there are one, two, three, four, five, six. There are seven schools who are only playing three home games. Swag but that's going to that's gonna happen every year. Because of the neutral site classics, that's going to flip every year uh, between between those those classic opponents. Okay, I mean FAMU, FAMU has it since they play a in conference classic. Right, you're right. Uh, the Bayou is going to happen every year with that. So those two, and then the State Fair, it's going to happen with the, and then of course you got Magic City. It's going to happen in those four. those four situations every year between one team or the other. And, and Grand Lake, two- Alabama State actually have two neutral site games on there. Obviously, you can see that there. They have two neutral. So they play three home, three away, two neutral among their eight SWAT games. Yeah, Grambling has the two State Fair and the Bayou. And that's that's typical for Grambling. And right. then uh, who you say the other one was? Uh, what with two neutral sites? Um, Alabama State, uh, Alabama State. Who's Alabama State? Second, they're playing, uh, they're playing Jackson State down in Mobile. I uh, said so they haven't fixed that, they haven't updated that on this graphic here. Oh, is that, is that yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah, it, that, it's still that, Alabama State home game on here, okay, yeah, but I and if so it's an Alabama State home game that, that they're playing it down in Mobile. Right. According to what I saw on the uh, FBS schedules. So uh, the one last thing is you told me to go do road opponents since I went down this rabbit hole to do road opponents. Who has the easiest and toughest road schedules? Now, what's interesting about, what's interesting about this is there's several schools who have very easy road contests 
and I'm talking like their opponent's win-loss record was minus 14, minus 13, minus 16. And then there are a couple schools who have very hard road schedules. Um, but I'll stick to contenders. Now, we already mentioned that Prairie View has a very challenging home opponent contest, right? But they have quite the opposite when they go on the road. They have a very, very friendly road schedule. Their opponents last year were 15 and 31, uh, which, you know, you can do the math, but that's on the road traveling to um, Grambling, UAPB, Valley, and Alabama State. 15 and 31. Uh, Bethune-Cookman also has a very, very friendly road schedule. Their opponents were 15 and 29 last year. So the four games when they go out on the road, their opponents, uh, Southern, Texas Southern, Valley, and Alabama A&M. Now, in terms of the hardest road schedule, Amongst the SWAC eight games. Uh, now you can pretty much expect Valley to be one of those teams, which they are. You'd probably guess correctly if you said UAPB. But the one that I found real interesting going on the road, Florida AM, 20 and 14, their road opponents last year. So when they go on the road, their road schedule includes. Texas Southern. No, I'm sorry. It includes Prairie View. For homecoming. Jackson State. Alabama. Is that, State. Is that homecoming? No, Alabama State is homecoming. Okay. So so two of those three games are homecoming. Exactly. Alabama State homecoming, Prairie View homecoming, and then they travel to Jackson State. 50,000 people will be in attendance for that one. So, welcome to the SWAT, Coach Colsey. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I just thought I'd do that. That was kind of fun. Um, I haven't – I'll I'll kind of look at as – I, as I get a chance, I'll, I'll dig deeper and throw in the rest of the schedule. And then, you know, as the, as the rest of the MEAC schedules get filled out, as Tennessee State, A&T – which I don't know if those schedules are out completely or not, but they sh- they probably are. Um, we'll get a chance to uh, we'll get a chance to talk about those. Uh, okay. All right. Final final right. thought. Final final notes here. Any any final notes you want to get to? I know I just wanted to mention three things was, regarding basketball. What did you I was think? I was just going to go go down and do some rapid fire on basketball that you can okay. stop me on something that you want to uh you want to bring out. Got gotcha. you. Go, go ahead. You go all rapid right. fire. Yeah, see what you got. Now all, all right. any and all that stuff uh by the way, if you're looking at our at our sheet, I haven't updated everything there. So 
Okay. So be mindful of that. All right. I do know Langston lost their first game of the season. Yes. Uh, yes. Lost uh, Southwestern Simmons. The guy, 72, uh, 58. Or swag, or swag you, as I like to call them, if you throw W in there. Yeah. But they did uh, bounce back and win on Saturday, 72 51. Uh, AT women, uh, quite a story out there. AT women, first place in the CAA, winners of eight straight, 11 of the last 12. And do we have a result from today, Brian? They won. That's part of that eight. They, they won. Today. That is part of that. Okay. I didn't yeah. know if we had that update. Yeah. Yeah, they won today. Uh, the I'm only reporting it because I am contractually obligated as a member of the media to report that Alabama A&M came from 17 down to defeat in the fourth quarter to defeat FAMU 71-69. Moving on. Benedict, <laughs> ranked number 15 in D2 right now. I don't know if that's, if that's still current, though. I mean, I haven't. Again, that's one of those ones I had an update. They so. had one of those up the ones that, okay, actually, so we got to do that. Actually, I got that. I got that. They're actually up. They're up to number 11. I'm up looking at the 11. latest NABC coaches. They're up from 15 to number 11, according to the NABC coaches. And then if I go quickly, oh, I can't get there quickly. All right, so we'll leave it at, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so you gonna do that then, huh? Yeah, because the coaches poll, I, I pull up the other media site and it's a it's a strange site. My sir, my my web filter doesn't like it. So oh, let me get this. <laughs> yeah, it's like blocked, not well, safe, whatever. I'll quickly go down to NAIA rankings. Uh Langston was Langston was number two, but these rankings came out before Langston lost their uh, game. And the next ones don't come out until I believe it's the 14th. Yes, the next rankings don't come out in the IA until the 14th. So Langston is sitting at number two. Uh, Florida Memorial is sitting at 17. So and Talladega is receiving votes. And yeah, see if Xavier is still in there. It's like Xavier has dropped out. So, oh, oh, but we do have Texas College receiving votes. So okay. we've got two, two ranked, two receiving votes in the latest NAIA basketball poll. It's Texas College. Um, so Texas College is part of the Red River, right? Correct. The Red River. And that's the that's and they the, don't want, they defeated Xavier. Um, yeah, they're still they're still in second place in the division. Actually, Texas College now sits one. I'm looking at the latest standings in the Red River. Texas College sits one game out of first place. Uh, LSU Alexandria is in first, and Xavier sits two games out of first place. One game behind Texas College um, that you just mentioned. So, uh, yeah, should be an interesting tournament coming up. See who can get that one seed. Can anybody wrestle that one seed away from LSU Alexandria? And I'll just quickly see if I can pull up the division, uh, division two polls, Ryan. 
for the women? Yeah, you can talk for a moment. Yeah, I'm going to pull up Division two right quick. Uh, if you want to talk for a second. Well, let me go back to the SWAT women's standings because obviously Jackson State took care of Grambling State over the weekend to, to create a little separation. Jackson State still sitting at 8-0. Um, UAPB moved into solid second place uh, in the conference, 6-2. They've won three straight games. Now, between – this is why that FAMU game hurt, losing the women, losing to Alabama and them. And I know they were short – a couple people. Um, that was a game in which you had one young lady from Alabama AM drop 30 in a win, and uh, the other young lady for FAMU, Ariana Grizzle, she dropped 31 in the loss. I think that might be the first time all season that you had two 30-point scores in a game. But what was unique about that game, Brian? What was unique? Uh, when you go back and look, if I'm – and I'm kind of going off of recollection here because I, I'm I'm trying to pull up the, uh, the box. Score. Wasn't that game like a double or a triple OT? No, no, no. That game was regulation. Was it, is, that, oh, that, oh, was that, that was that was not the overtime game? No, no, no. That fam, you played that triple overtime game against Grambling. No, the look, the third quarter. Okay, I'll, I'll try to remember. Florida AM outscored Alabama AM 27 to 7 in the third quarter. Right? In the that's a 20-point margin, right? In the fourth quarter, Correct. the Lady Bulldogs. Outscored FAMU 35 to 16. I mean, when you go and look at the percentages, Drew, I don't even think you can look at the FAMU side. You just got to go look at AM. AM in the third quarter, they shot three of 18 overall in, from the field, one of seven from the arc. In the fourth quarter, so, so look, uh, Drew, I'm, I'm going to go back a second. The second quarter, the Bulldogs shot 2 of 15. That's 13% in the second quarter. In the third quarter, they were 3 of 18, shooting 16.67%. Then in the fourth – did I even tell you what they did in the first quarter, Drew? They were 5 of 15 in the first quarter. No. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, and this is – look, I don't know how they did it, I, if I if I could if somebody had did some highlights of the whole game, uh, or if I didn't have to pay to see it, I would watch it. In the fourth quarter, they shot seventy percent, fourteen of twenty from the field, including six of ten three pointers. Uh, you may never see a quarter like that ever again. Uh, fam, you didn't even shoot that well in the third quarter when they outscored Alabama AM. That was purely Alabama AM, Alabama AM not being able to score the ball for three quarters. And then all of a sudden, just caught fire. I mean, all right. Yeah. So, so where I was going with the standings thing, 
um, in in the in the women. Uh, that loss. So what it did was between FAMU and Alabama State, who are both three and five in conference, there is a between the well. Between the number three team, you got three teams at five and three, two teams at four and four, two teams at three and five. So that's your top uh, one, two, let's see, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's your top nine. And this upcoming Monday, Alabama State and AM play, Florida AM play. Uh, somebody. Somebody might find themselves sitting below that Mendoza line of uh, that cutoff line, and it's gonna have a hard time climbing their way back into the top eight. But uh yeah. Yeah. All right, quickly, Brian, so we can get up out of here. NAIA yep. women, there are no HBCUs in the top 25. Receiving votes is Russ. Which would be at 26, 27, 28, 29, which would be at number 30 if we had to count those out. And that would be, and Langston is also receiving votes about maybe, let's see, maybe about 10 spots behind Rust. So we've got Langston and Rust in the receiving votes in NAIA. Moving on to Division Two, we've got two HBCUs. That are in the top 25. Top one is Virginia State at 17 and 2, and Miles at 15 and 1. They'll come in at 18. Virginia State 16, Miles 18. No one is receiving votes out of the HBCU ranks on the Division II level. Right. Hey, can I can I give a shout out to that Wednesday matchup between Fayetteville State? And Claflin, one of those games that we we talked about on last week's show. Um, yes. Getting a chance to watch that game. Now, obviously, I was prepping for the ONG on Wednesday, but I enjoyed being able to go to Fayetteville's site, fsubroncos.com, and watch that game. Uh, the men and women are both, like, first and second place in the Southern Division. Uh, Fayetteville got the sweep, I believe, on both sides. So right now, their women are sitting in first place um, by the pure nature of being 5-1 and one over Claflin. And I think the men, uh, the men, da, 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 I think the men, the Fayetteville State men are also in first place over Claflin. So, but just shout out to Cla- uh, Fayetteville State. Uh, shout out to the CIAA. I mean, I enjoy being able to go and watch these games. Now, you talk about that that network, the CIAA Sports Network. They got that thing figured out. They now they may charge during the tournament, which makes sense. I mean, their CIAA tournament is a big draw, but they draw you in during the year. They get you. They get you interested. They get you. They get you watching. And then, obviously, guess what? What do you want to do? You're you're more likely to. I'm tell you, the CIAA tournament this year, Drew, is going to be amazing. I, I really, when I look at each, there's at least five teams, uh, maybe even six, on both sides, the men and women, that 
are playing really high-level basketball, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out of that. There are going to be some great crowds. In, where are they playing at? Are you still in Baltimore? Yes. Yeah, still in Baltimore. So yeah. I, I just had to get that shout-out. Um, All right. So, so Brian, I was going to say, since we started off talking about streaming, media, and and networks, conference networks and everything. And since we have come full circle back to that point, I think that's a good place to pick up this show and get out of here. Uh, it is. It is. Um, again, I, I just got to mention uh, the SWAT men. Uh, you've got all eight schools. Let's see. Southern and Grambling are sitting in first place. But everybody's bunched up there together. The top eight are all within two games of each other. I mean, the the if Alcorn State is your eight seed right now at four and four, and Southern is six and two, that could change. Next time we come out, next time we get together, that whole standing thing could look completely different. Um, and then, yeah, so obviously we've got, uh, we got that, uh, we didn't really talk much about the MIAC. Um, I will, if you, if you give me a second here, I will just mention that Norfolk state and North Carolina central are still in first place on the men's side, both creating a little bit of separation. Uh, they're five and one. Delaware State has lost three in a row. Uh, I think that's pretty significant. Of course, any of you who watched that game, Howard lost a game to Hampton that they probably shouldn't have lost. Uh, So I know that one stings. Speaking of Hampton men, did you see any of the highlights from that loss to North Carolina A&T on Thursday? No, I did not, Brian. Oh, my God. All I can say is uh, Club Corbett was special. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty intense crowd. I, I read somewhere, Drew, that the analytics give, in terms of best home courts advantages, uh, A and T is ranked right up there with some of with some Power Six programs in terms of home court advantage. Like, you know, if you say the home court advantage is a two point five, maybe even three. A&T gets like 3.8, somewhere like that. Like, it's it's pretty up there. It's it's significant. And the way they sent a couple of them uh, Hampton guys that were really triggered at the end of that game after that loss, I mean, go check my timeline the, on my Twitter timeline. There's some, uh, some guys who were put in some positions that your mama is going to see that. And your mama is going to see how you acted on the court. And then she's not going to be too happy with seeing – how you acted on the court after the game. Like, boy, what's wrong with you? Why are you acting all, why are you letting them cheerleaders and them fans get you all riled up like that? Random guys coming out yeah. shooting double birds to the fans and stuff. It's like, come on, bro. What are you doing? Yes. Uh, all right, that's it. Okay, I won't talk uh, Well, well, no, quick, uh, quickly, says Coach Green is on here. Try to uh, respect our coaches. Thank them for joining us. Uh, he asked us, can we talk quickly about some GCAC? I'll quickly go down the GCAC standings. I'll 
you know, starting to become a fan of the pod play for the GCAC. Right now, my plans are to catch part of the GCAC tournament that will be held in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And I believe that is scheduled for that last week of February, first weekend, up through the first weekend in March when they uh, play. I know the championship game is that first Sunday in March. So I think it begins like the 28th of February there in uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So I'll quickly go down the standings in the GCAC on the men's side. Uh, you've got Philander in first place. They are the two conference. Tugaloo is right behind them, one half game back at 10 and 2. Dega is third, 8 and 2. Fisk, 7 and 5. And Wiley is 7 and 6, followed by Sudo, Russ, Dillard, UVI, and Oakwood. And let me quickly switch over to women. Coach uh, Coach Green said they did away with the pod system, Drew. Oh, they're not doing the, the weekend pods anymore? No, it doesn't uh, look like Good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good bad thing because now it kind of increases the uh the travel uh the travel is a different end you know I, I sometimes i wonder how some of these teams are uh, with their budget if having to have role games at the ubi just put just put it out there like that all right quickly going over to the women's side no wonder Coach Green wanted me to talk can about. I, hold on, can I, before you jump over, can you before you jump to the women? Can I ask <laughs> you a question regarding the men? Yes, yes. Can you be the player of the year in a conference when you are the second leading scorer in the conference, the leading rebounder by like a ridiculous margin, but your team, mm -hmm. but your team is second from last in the standings. Can you can you be the player of the year in the conference? As a rat as a rattler, uh -oh. I am ashamed that you are asking that question. <laughs> I've got two <laughs> words to you. I've got two words for you. Two uh, words for you. Mm -hmm. Andre Dawson. Okay. Okay. And if those who don't know what I'm talking about, MVP on the last place club, Cubs, I believe that was 1987. So, yes, it can happen. But you have to be such a freak statistically in order to justify it, which Andre Dawson was that year. Keep your eye out for Jamal Gibson of Suno, Southern University at New Orleans. Uh, through 25 games this year, He's the second leading scorer in the conference, 20.4 game, shooting 52% from the field. He also has a league leading 16.3. That's right. I said 16.3 rebounds per game. That's like Dennis Rodman Jr. I, I don't know. I got to look and see where that falls. Hold on. I'm going to tell you where it falls among all conferences. Yeah, that's what I thought. He leads all of NAIA in rebounding at 16.3 a game. By how much? Uh, oh, overall in the NAIA by like, yeah. like half a by half a rebound. There's another guy okay. down at Kaiser 
who has a 15.9, but then there's nobody close. So it's really a two-man race for most rebounds. But again, he's averaging 20, 20 and 16. You know something, Brian? If he leads the conference in scoring by a point or more, I would I would consider it. Okay. He, he, he can't be second. In, he cannot be second in scoring. He, he's second in scoring by again. about one, by about one point a game. There's a young man from right. Wyoming. He, ha- he, he has to make up. He has to make up that difference in order. For, if I was voting, he would have to make up that difference. Okay. Because, because he's on the last place team, Brian. Yeah. Okay. You you have to give you have to give me freakish numbers. I I said it's pretty freakish. I mean, how many sixteen point? I mean, really? I mean, they got sixteen, Drew. I mean. Damn, that's and, no, that's good. I mean, it's good. And I don't know what the what Philander has is because they're in first place right now. So I, I haven't looked at their people individually to see who's leading leading them this year. But you know, that's just blindly speaking, you would have to you would have to lead both scoring and rebounding in okay. order for me to put you up there. Quickly going down the women's standing, All right. Russ. First place, eleven to one in conference, nineteen and three overall. Uh, Philander to the two, seventeen and five. Third place is Fist, ten and two, thirteen and seven. Dillard, ten and five, eleven and eleven. Wiley, six and seven, eleven and ten. Followed by Oakwood, Tugadu, Dega, Suno, and UVI brings up the rear at one and ten. So quickly, got it in for you, Coach Green. And 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 we'll get one of y'all on the show, uh, hopefully sometime in February before we get to the tournament. And on the women's side, uh, Maya uh, Buchanan. 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 Buchanan, I'm sorry. Um, Averaging a league-leading 22.4 points a game. And I know a, she's one player, the uh, national player of the week, one week. Yeah, I think she was uh, player of the year in the conference last year, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but I know she's one player of the week, one week this season. Uh, nationally? Nationally, yes. Okay, yeah. And uh, she leads the league. I go tell you I voted for her. 15.1 rebounds per game. That leads the league. Um, where Wait she a minute, time out if y'all won by 70 versus Suno, oh my God, Coach Green. That y'all y'all doing y'all doing that grammar like stuff down there. Let me stop. And Buchanan leads the nation in rebounds per game at 15.1. So 22 and 15 leads the nation in rebounding. Yeah. So just thought I'd just thought I'd mention while we were talking about if we want to really Shout out these kids and let these uh, folks know. And that's it. And she's at Fisk. And so Fisk, uh, I think you said Fisk is in fourth place, place. right now. Third place. Third? Okay. I was yes. looking at something that said fourth. But okay. Yeah. That would actually take their tie for second. So okay, I'm assuming Philander has the tie break over, which is why they listed third. Gotcha. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I'm looking at the men. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Wrong site. All right, then. Okay, Drew. I think we can uh, I think we can get out of here. 
yeah, I think we can get out of here. It's been a fun, interesting uh, show. Uh, finding a way to get it done is the name. Now, are we doing now next weekend is Super Bowl Sunday? Now, I'm a little bit smarter than. Okay, thank you, thank you for going ahead and putting it out there. <laughs> we see you. Should we, hold on, hold on. Should we try to do a Saturday show? What's your Saturday looking like? Busy Saturday. I, I work college athletics doing crossover season. Right. You, you go do the bad. Busy Saturday. Okay. Busy so, Saturday. There's the, no way. The, the only thing, the only thing is we decide to go early on Sunday. I was gonna say, unless we did an early morning, like early. Maybe, hold on, hold on. Maybe check the check schedule first. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm I Possibly, possibly early on Sunday, but we're definitely not doing our regular time slot. All right, especially, especially when my Chiefs playing. There you go, Drew. See, people asking, starting to ask Drew. They starting to ask. Thank What's you, that? Blue Jacket for life. We, 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 we. I'm, I'm trying to talk to the computer analytics people now and figure out. Uh, What's going on with our with our system? It's been down for a little bit, so it's been. Y'all told me, y'all, y'all told me to go get a new Mac. I'm waiting. Up. It's on layaway. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next week we may try to. I don't know. We need to try to figure out a way how to do the Super Bowl from an HBCU perspective. Maybe well, we uh, can't highlight the players that are in the Super Bowl. We can go over some Super Bowl yeah. players of the past. Maybe even uh, an all-time HBCU Super Bowl lineup. Just a thought. I don't know. If we have time. If we have time. You're you're a busy guy these days, you know. Oh my God. All right. See folks. Ain't got a phone call about picking up another contract. So Drew's busy. He stays busy. But uh thank you guys for watching the show. Appreciate all your thoughts and comments. Um you always, uh, we, we, we encourage you, if you do nothing else, uh, whether you donate, make a donation to the show, uh, or you can do us a solid by sharing the show. Share it in your streams, whether you're on X, if you're on Instagram, or on Facebook, YouTube, let people know about our show. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at MyBCSN1. Uh, thank you for subscribing to our YouTube feed on the Jericho Broadcast Network's or maybe you're watching us on our BCSN Sports Wrap uh, pages, YouTube, Facebook. Um, thank you for subscribing there as well. Hit the thumbs up and the like button. Hit that like button on your way out the door, folks. Share the show. Share the stream. BCSN Pod Zone available everywhere you stream podcasts. Apple Music, or excuse me, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify. And more. Thank you to everybody. Uh, That's going to do it for AD Drew. I'm Brian Fulford. Have a great productive week. It's super week. Travel light, everybody. Have a super week, folks. That's going to do it for us. Uh, We are. We'll holler. We're out. Peace. But EMI, please stay on hard.